Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the number one podcast in the world, one off the motherfucking wood, episode 35. (laughs) Crack yourself a red can, sit down and enjoy the show. We are here, lockdown (laughs) week fucking 47 or some shit, don't know where we are, I'm in Margaret River. Andy, it's nice of you to join me from COVID town on the East Coast. COVID heaven, COVID haven. I don't know. I think it's, um, we should, we don't, we're not here to talk about COVID too much, but I think it'd be, you'd be hard pressed to get COVID anywhere in Australia at the moment. You'd have to be trying hard, I reckon. You'd have to be licking surfaces. Fuck, I was at the surf car park today and I finally heard what was going to be the inevitable some some like mid forties bloke ranting. Oh, yes, fucking all this bullshit just for fucking ninety people to die. It's fucking bullshit. Only ninety people died. Only ninety. I was like, do I? No, don't engage. I was like, I think that the reason, uh, yeah, not many people died, mate, is because we did lock the place down. Um, we'd be riddled with it if we let all the cruise ships turn up. But anyway, it was inevitable that someone would say that. Yeah. Not to happen. I'm f- I feel like I've got the COVID, mate. I'm a broken mess. And you're saying you cooked as well. Yeah. So I um I got back into the ocean for surfing this week for the first time since lockdown because it was kind of a bit weird to go surfing here and I, I didn't bother, but everything sort of slowly opened up. So I had to surf on Monday and it was good. Just a quick one, like 40 minutes in the morning. And then I was at, I was actually up at Manly for work on Wednesday and I jumped in for half an hour and then I was fucked like my my back and shoulder was all like it's not an injury but it's just all out of all out of whack and I just know what you know I need a massage I need work done on it and it's illegal to have work done on it so I've been like on the foam roller and on the ball and like doing all sorts of weird stretches and I'm slowly getting back to but yeah it fucked me surfing fucked me it's hard. Not doing stuff is not good for when you want to do stuff. That's that's basically it. You've got to keep the joints <laughs> lubricated. That's what I've learned. It's that fucked thing when you know you haven't surfed in ages and you get the, the um, sores on your ribs and you like finally paddle out and you're like, oh, this mm. isn't good. You got to. That takes a couple of sessions to callus up. That's when you know you haven't been surfing. My ribs, I, I didn't get the rib thing. And I've been like working out a bit, doing push-ups and stuff, obviously. But I think the push-ups might have actually set me up for this back injury. I think it's like too many push-ups over <laughs> a long time. And then, yeah, tricked the body into some weird movements and everything just got thrown skew if. But I, I reckon you just got to do lots of everything all the time. Mm. Like the, you got to keep, keep your body guessing. I've always said that, like... Just throw some weird shit at it. Right, today we're swimming, we're doing archery, we're, we're going for a run, we, we're hanging off the monkey bars. Like, just keep it rolling. Like, you, you keep it... Um, Do you have monkey bars at primary school? Those things are fucking dangerous. Do they still have yep. them? Yep. My sister broke her arm on the monkey bars. 
we had rings as well, like four rings in a row, and everybody used to snap their wrist on that. On, and like this little Asian kid who was like a, not a gymnast, he was just like <laughs> the guy that was really good at hacky sack, and no one cared. And he'd like run across the top of the bar and like do backflips off stuff, <laughs> just like. But he wasn't like sporty at all. Didn't play any sports. He was just like weirdly talented. Yeah. Like a bit of a guy. I remember we had like a platform at primary school with those fireman's poles. Yep. And like instead of like going down the fireman pole, it was probably like two and a half meters high or something, you know, timber yep. playground. One. And we used, to, we used to run and just jump off it, just see how far we could jump off the platform out and like, you know, mark a, sand, a line in the tan bark. And I was like... <laughs> lining up didn't want to be beaten gone the big runner and as of like running off the edge of this platform i jumped and this girl's run out from underneath it and i'm just like in media so everything slows down and i'm like oh no i'm gonna land straight on her and she's just perfectly like a fucking horse landed underneath me i've landed on her shoulders like in a sitting position and she's carried me for like another meter or two and then we've both fallen to the ground and i've landed i've made the record by like Two meters, just just flogged it. <laughs> she seemed to be all right though. She kind of sobbed and got up and walked off. Took it like a fucking bend, bendy bones. We one cold Hobart morning, I think in grade three or four, you weren't allowed to play on the forts before school. But me and Aaron and Dean, we were out there playing. And it was frosty, and we were on the fireman's mm-hmm. pole. We would swing because it had a, a cross pole and the down pole, and you'd swing and then swing out and land in the pine bark and Dean was a bit unco and he had these stupid gloves on for some reason he was swinging and he swung out He's, he came loose and went like sideways out into the air both hands behind his back landed on and snapped both his arms in half <laughs> and we we're, were just oh, like shit. little kids Aaron's taking his glove off and he, apparently his wrist has just fallen <laughs> into pieces I've like run inside to get the um teacher and i told the teacher but then i ran to assembly because i didn't want to get in trouble and i didn't realize that it was you know he'd snap both his wrists but his mum had to wipe his bum for like for eight weeks after that (laughs) that's the andrew andrew bogut um yeah injury have you seen that one he snaps fucking hell like same maneuver swing out and the legs go out and then snap a rooney in that there's a lot of that like (laughs) knowing how to fall there's a lot of um, there's a lot in that I reckon. Like we actually get. I went to a footy camp when I was playing rep footy back, back as a grommy, and they like we actually did this thing. They like taught people how to fall, like go for a hanger, but like taught you how to fall properly and like land and roll and like same thing getting hit. You know, ducking, pulling a shoulder mm. and pull your elbow in and roll off it, and you know you can keep going and get up. It's like super important. No one seems to teach that shit. Well, like skateboarders, they know how to fall. There's an Instagram account you should follow called Flying Tomato. And it's like a... What, what, Flying Tomato. Yeah. I'm trying to find the guy, but it's... Isn't that what they called Sean White? Wasn't he the Flying Tomato? Yeah, I think so. He was the Flying was Tomato. Mm. But it's a um, parkour guy and he he's a Sydney guy. Crazy. He's a Red Bull parkour free runner and yeah just jumping off crazy shit and they know how to fall i'd like the the parkour clips like first of all they're wearing tracksuit pants like baggy-ish tracksuit pants with elastic bottoms because you don't want to trip over them 
which is just weird to start with. And then, and then like at the end of their run, like a skateboarder, you know, has this real steezy, you land a big kickflip down a few stairs and then you just like stand up straight and kind of roll past the camera. Like you've got to roll out the surfer, the nose blow, the claim, like, you know, it's already sick and you just let it linger. Mm. But the, the parkour guy has to do his little shit land and then like kind of look a bit scared like he's just jumped out of a moving car he's not sure which way to run before the cops chase him and then just disappears out of frame just run run down an alleyway i got that wrong it's it's just dom tomato d-o-m tomato i'll send it to you was because it's it's good he he wears tight jeans so it's all good (laughs) tight jeans none of it makes sense none of it makes sense oh dear hey can i um can we start off with frothing this um this episode, if we'll say the froth if something's got you frothing that much that you need to start the episode with it, I don't see why not. So, was what's got you frothing this week, <laughs> mate? There's so much frothing, so much frothing, so much surfing. Like this is the best idea, obviously, being locked in um, Margaret River for for COVID. But last weekend, I went surfing with James, and it pretty much pumped for two days. Um, James is the guy we talked about getting on here, the uh, underground big wave charger, the the guy who doesn't want to be seen on uh, any surfing covers or anything. He like hates people, but he loves people. He's fucking hilarious. But anyway, I went surfing with James, and what's got me frothing is surfing with people that are better than you and getting pitted, getting some time in the green room, getting shacked, getting fucking coned, getting in the tube, toothpaste tubed, whatever you want to call it. Rinsing corn, I think is what they call it these days. Rinsing the fucking hole. Oh, man. So frothing. And like the thing with you, you go surfing with, you know, some a couple of people, maybe they're not as good as you or whatever. You're out there, you're doing your thing. You might have a little show off. You have a bit of fun. But when you surf with people that are better than you, you, you step up to their level and it's like you don't want to disappoint them and you go stuff that you wouldn't go. And like we surfed Budge, right? Which is a beachy, but a real heavy beachy. And it's just pits. It's just gaping wide barrels. Anyway, we get down, it's pretty chunky. And we're kind of floating around on this board that are a bit small for me. Anyway, Jimmy's just like, go. It's like, go, mate. And this double up there. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll go. I'm a bit late, but just like paddle. You paddle like a madman. Like you actually put in. And I, whatever happened, I just got caught up and I tried to jump to my feet. And then before I knew it, I'm just getting pitched with this lip, like head first, backwards, no idea when the flats are coming, like straight into the flat. It's probably like if you're standing at the in front of that wave, it'd be head and a half to double overhead. Like it, was, it was a good wave. And it's that flopped. scenario where you just don't know where you are all of a sudden. It's like I'm upside down, yeah. I'm sideways. I could be in the lip. I could, be, yeah. I'm, I'm in all sorts of trouble. I had a plan, and it's not being executed <laughs> yeah. correctly at this the moment. Plan has failed. Then, like, bang, flap, go under, come back, duck dive the next wave, and I'm like, kind of sheepishly paddle back out. But I'm a bit frothing on it, and I was like, fuck, that was like, I'm I'm awake now because we did the dawny run down there. So I'm like, all right, we're on. I'm paddling back out, and like, normally I would have just paddled out, and and this. Another wave comes pretty much exactly the same as this one. Double up, same thing. And Jimmy's just looking at me. He's about 10 meters past me. And he was going to go for it, but he couldn't get there. And he just looks at me. He's like, go, like fucking go. And I'm like, and I wouldn't have done it if he wasn't there. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go. Just like 
paddled, turned, paddled. In my head, I was like, right, whatever happened last time, I don't know how to fix that, but just fucking commit. And I'm, I was just paddling my ass off and just like straight jump, like stayed real tight and instantly pulled in. So it's like that feeling, that split second of like, oh, is this going well? And then the connection of the fins driving down and this lip just folds over my head. And it's like a good like stand-up hit. And that getting barreled, man, like... Bill Bong saying of only a surfer knows the feeling is just so fucking on point and so cliche, but you're there, you've gone in this ferocity of like, I'm, I'm buzzing, I've got to get this, your heart's pumping, everything's going fast, the wind's rushing up the face of the wave, and then all of a sudden the fo- lip just folds over you and like time slows down. It, it goes quiet. You're in this fucking world that's spinning in a vortex around you, no longer moving towards the beach. Just the the sound, but everything being quiet is so weird, but it's like you're locked in this room with this vision and for that split second, you're in another world and another time and everything's just fucking perfect. And then... <sighs> as you like come out the front of the barrel and it's like on again and there's another section and it's all of a sudden you're back into reality. I pulled through the back of the wave and like, holy fuck, that feeling of just nailing what you want to do. And and if Jimmy wasn't there and hadn't called me into two waves in a row, like I wouldn't have gone that one. But just that, oh, man, frothed me out so hard. I like that you didn't really have time to take stock of what went wrong in the first. I was like, right, whatever happened, (laughs) that one... Uh, try not to do that I guess <laughs> yeah. I think I just gritted down and, and just went a bit I stayed a bit tighter on the takeoff yep. like instead of pushing the board away and looking up I just tried to stay a bit more bit hunched over to, to keep my weight down with the board a bit more and push the board back down into the wave to to make sure that I got that engagement and then throw it along but it was just pitted from the takeoff and I listened to um yeah. I was listening to some stuff this morning, just chilling on the couch, got up early and was didn't it was raining. I was just watching YouTube. I was listening to all these ayahuasca stories, you know, like people go to uh Peru and do ayahuasca ceremonies and have visions and things. And your description of getting barreled just then, I think that, that stood up with some of the things I <laughs> listened to this morning from some crazy shit in the South American jungle. That's good. That's real it's good. It's just so vivid. And you, it's, you, like it's that thing when you go and do something you, that night, you close your eyes and as you first, you know, you're conscious that things are dark, it's just like the visions come back to you and then you just get these spots replayed, you know, like the tunnel yep. vision, the barrel, even if it's your, you on the shoulder watching someone getting pitted or like a wave, it all comes flooding back. And this morning I surfed grunters. And it was pretty big. The same thing, like a couple of double up ones and just pulled into a, a big nug, like a proper stand-up barrel. I actually thought I was going to make it. And as I've got this like clear snapshot, just looking straight out a big arm and barrel and there's this bloke and he's fucking hooting at me from the shoulder. Like he was hooting before I'd even pulled into it. And I could just like see him perfectly framed on the shoulder, looking in, hands in the air. And I'm just like, Oh, the, yeah. I always think that, that's what I'm stuck when on. surfing, sometimes skiing as well. It's like, oh, it'd be nice if someone or even yourself could like 
you know, tap into the visions and and go back and rewatch them, or someone could like tap into what you're seeing live and just go back and look at them because it's a, it's all about the viz, like the the split second visions oh. that you're getting. But um, because sometimes that's even it, isn't it? Like not even getting getting barreled or making barrels. It's like just getting in and getting that vision, and getting a sense of it is is almost enough. Yeah, like Monday morning, I hadn't I hadn't surfed in six weeks, and I was surfing four times a week before that and then it was really cold it was really crowded but it was actually really good and just paddling out and then a big and by big sydney big you know three footer (laughs) came through but it's just a perfect left hand peak that popped up as i was paddling out and just no one got it because it broke a bit bit beyond everybody and just peeled all the way through to where i was sort of paddling i was like oh like that that's one of the reasons that you go surfing is to just get the visions i remember going backcountry skiing with this guy tones from mount hotham and we're like um touring out to mount Feathertop, and he's like it's all about the shapes man and i was like what do you mean he's like look at that and he's like looking at this like twisted cornice that the wind has made he's like it's all about the shapes he's like that's sick and i was like you're right man. it's all about the fucking shapes <laughs> he's like he was it's bang all on about the shapes because yes. it's when you go backcountry skiing you're just looking around at all these cornices and weird wind lips and stuff and it's like Fuck, there's some sick shapes out here today. And when you go surfing, <laughs> peaks are popping up and you're inside a barrel. It's fucking sick shapes. And you see the sh- Yes, it's all about the shapes. Even in Australian skiing, and I'm looking at the picture in the background um, behind you there, that the, the snow gums that sit on top of the ridges are like got to be hundreds of years old, but they're all fucked up and twisted and they don't grow up. They just grow in knots yeah. around each other and the colours of the bark and like... Yeah, it's all about the shapes. Tones. Even He's ice, a fucking like, shaman. It's up. all about oh. the shapes, Tones. <laughs> what a legend. Oh, man. I, I, um, I was likening um, Margs that other weekend where he was literally just, or well, particularly actually on Tuesday down here, it was just on. It was like three metre swell, very light winds, and everywhere was on. From You would have saw all the footage coming out of yelling up, like rabbits and Taj and... I think Jack yep, and all the crew up there. I definitely saw some footage. But the whole way down, everywhere was on. And it's like that time, it, it, Margaret River is by far the best spot for surf. And when it's on like that, it's literally like a ski resort where you pick your own run. It's like, what do we want to do today? Because we've got everything on. Do I want a long point break? Do I want a small beachy? Do I want a novelty wave? Like, what am I feeling? What board do I want to ride? Do I want to go jibbing? Do I want to hit a kicker? Do I want to challenge myself? Do you think it's a ski like, resort though? Do you, like, can you be fucked? Or because the only thing that I, I think like um, the Gold Coast is a ski resort because it's normally two to three foot and just perfect everywhere. Whereas Margaret River's normally four to six foot and scary everywhere. It's like there's yeah, but but it's I think it's like um, like Jackson right? You've got Corbett's cool here. You can you can drop giant cliffs you can do that or you can stick to a groomer you can get a beginner run you can ride the pipe where's that you in know, margaret the, the river where's the beginner run Where, where's, where's the, the green run? Well, the north end when it's three meters you can surf at eagle bay dunsborough. like on the north side yep. you can surf little beaches around dunsborough you can even surf like um i don't know there's a few there's a few smaller spots anyway and like friendlier spots i think it's probably more like squaw valley where everything seems fine and then all of a sudden you're just (laughs) trapped on top of a cliff and everything's fucked (laughs) 
there's this little orange disc that says cliff yeah, area. Work. <laughs> Beware. Oh, cliff area. Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that got me proper frothing, obviously, as you can tell. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to save your froth for later right or do you want to the... roll in with the froth, mate? Well, uh, my froth probably take us off topic. But um, All right. one thing that actually has got me frothing this week is Facebook memories have thrown up two sets of memories. One... Just what we talked about then is a trip that you and I did to the States to like, where'd we go? Like Jackson Hole and Lake Tahoe, Squaw Valley and skied Utah. Utah, yep. Salt Lake City. That popped up today. And then a couple of days ago, this is from, I don't know if it was 10 or 12 years ago, but it was the trip, your first or second trip down to Tassie. And we must have had a water camera because there's all these shots from the water of um, remarkable caves and uh, little barrel shots and just some pretty some extreme cooktum as well but there's some good like good good memories in there but uh good good shot of brad trying to get pitted with like the opposite of steezy now yeah like bow-legged barrel he's a cowboy barreled. um he's a proper cowboy yeah we've, we've definitely done some sick trips down there actually um I can't mention her name, but a friend of Mamie who was down there um, shot some message on Insty uh, last night and I was like, fuck it, random, because she shot the photos that were at Remarks down there on that thing. And I was like, oh, what are you up to these days? She's she's working in prisons. She's not allowed to talk about it. I wanted to get her on the potty, but they have to like, you work in a prison as a psychologist. You have to take yourself off the electoral roll to like hide your address from anyone possibility of someone finding you. Yeah, right. And uh, she's not, not allowed to talk about anything, but her, her role is she goes and talks to the murderers and uh, just checks oh, in okay. and sees I think I know who you're talking are. about. Having, yeah, but we're not allowed to mention her name, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, because yeah, the, the prisoners down there. find her. Because a lot yeah. of prisoners listen yeah, to One Off Wood and shout out to like <laughs> respect to to all those in the in the jail yeah they uh she's having a chat martin bryant's still around but occasionally she chats to him yeah. i was like fuck what a crazy world like we live in where you know back that was 10 or 12 years ago we we're all just free loving kicking around uh tasman peninsula yeah. not too many cares and now she's all talking to murderers you're doing some job that's kind of important I don't know. for I the think... food bowl of Australia. <laughs> We're not really doing that much important. The... <laughs> Sounds like she is. That's good. <laughs> um, it's pretty out there. Yeah. Not to talk about Martin Bryant because, you know, probably one of the greatest shit cunts in the history of Australia, but my sister actually, when she was a paramedic, she had to go to him in the in the prison Apparently he's pretty obese these days. Well, that was quite a few years ago now. And um, yeah. well, he's not surfing anymore. He was never surfing, and he he had a surfboard <laughs> bolted onto the roof of his car. He was like pretending to be a surfer. There's there's a good um case file episode on Port Arthur because mm. they go into his background and his history is actually really interesting. Yeah, because he had a bit of money to play with, and he and he had a very rich girlfriend who was oh. not nearly his age or yeah he had like, like some real interesting yeah, rich old lady that yeah it's bizarre it's worth a listen case file and, and what's cool about it, they don't go into the conspiracy theories of port arthur at all but there's a fuckload of those if you're into conspiracy theories 
get around that because, you know, old mate was framed. <laughs> he wasn't even there. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was there. I don't think Australian government's capable of consp- <laughs> conspiring to do anything. So I'm pretty. I think we're pretty safe that there's no conspiracy there. Hey, um, hey, um, you oh, go. Oh, hey, um, <laughs> hey, um, hey, um, I got a question for you. Yes. And this was one by Jimmy because uh, I was convincing him to go on the podcast, and he's like. I've got nothing to say, and yet, like, this guy, when you get him going, can talk about surfing 20-foot Waimea or, like, surfing shippies with Kelly Slater, who just rolls up, and, like, he's got fucking stories. He's like, I've got nothing to say on a podcast, so I couldn't do it, I don't know. Anyway, just walking back from Budge, minutes after seeing the shapes, and he just looks at me and asks me the most obvious question, but, like, the deepest question I think I've ever been asked. He's <laughs> like, he's <laughs> like, man... Why do you surf? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, fuck, I wanted to say everything and nothing all at once. And there were so many things going through my head. But, like, it's a fucking great question. Like, why do you bother? Why do you? Why? For a second, I was thought, is he is he like just seeing me get pitched out of the lip on a few waves, and he's like, why, why do you bother? Do you surfing? come here and bother with this shit? Because you are terrible. That's a fair question. That we that's um, no. a question we ask ourselves all the time when it comes to surfing. Why the fuck am I still doing this? And I suck so bad. Yeah, why do you surf, Andy? Like, can you even answer it or begin to? I don't know. I think, like. Now it's hard to know why because like I surf by myself. I really like surfing with other people and going on a... It's more about the, the mission and the trip and the, the the adventure of it. But I still go surfing by myself up here. But I think like when I was really young, went we used to go bodyboarding with my brother and sister and it was just felt fucking... I, I like That's some of my best memories is when you first catch a... a like blue like a clean wave and I, I remember um you know just just getting thrown out of the lip of some clean wave and then we used to take a rubber dinghy out and just had eagle hook neck and and like catch waves and it's exhilarating like crazy feel when you're a 10 year old or whatever so that's probably like the first reason is because you're trying to because that felt so good but I don't know why. It's your, it's your first taste of the high, yeah. isn't it? It's like the crack. You're like, fuck, what was what was that? Like for me, push bikes have that freedom, but the surfing, I remember my first green wave on a bodyboard yeah. at Wilson's Prom and everyone else was just like getting these boards, kicking, going straight towards shore, bouncing along. And I was like, nah, there's more to this. And like <laughs> when you get a little corner and then you trim along it and it's that smooth power like you're being accelerated by something by the ocean you know like and you're moving around and yeah from that moment i was like right let's do that again but no one else seemed to get it and seemed to click i was was obsessed back then i'd get mum to drive me to seven mile beach to bodyboard when we're quite young and i bought a bodyboarding magazine i've still got it the one that i bought and we're looking at the pictures of like there was some like a-frames in there and it's like holy fuck like what is this and then like just slowly making your way through the waves in the home area like surfing some wedges and then surfing proper barrels and then i was like 
I think going to Victoria and then you, everyone was surfing on stand-up surfboards and we were still bodyboarding. I was like, fuck, I can't. I've got to learn how to do this properly. This looks this looks way better. Like, this looks faster. And, and then it was more of a challenge to, like, to learn something that was fucking hard because I was, like, got pretty decent at bodyboarding and it's, like, the fucking learning curve to, to then learn how to stand up properly was, like... That was just more of a challenge because I already had done the surfing and knew about the waves and stuff. It's like, well, now it's just a challenge just to say, fuck you, I can figure this one out. <laughs> Still trying to figure it out like 20 years later or whatever. It's like I think it's, it's a puzzle um, that just doesn't, from, you never solve. It's a puzzle that you never solve, man. That's, I'll come back to that one. But it's like we, the transition from bodyboarding to surfing, like, 80% of surfing is being able to read the wave and be in the right spot and know where you have to be if you aren't in the wrong spot or duck diving and getting under waves and being comfortable in the ocean and around rocks and rips and stuff. It's like, once you got that thing, the, whatever craft you want to ride is like easy, you know, like I could yeah. go and switch to a stand up now. It's the same principles. I just needed how to figure out how to stand on this stand up board. Like it's a bit, that, it's that balance thing like, is so hard to start with, but once you've got it and then you can balance on a skateboard and a, wobble board whatever but for someone who's never had to stand on something like if you're <laughs> unless you're dedicated as fuck you ain't going to learn to surf if you're an adult like it's not going to happen like i reckon i've seen it happen one time it's like that balance thing you need to learn it <laughs> quickly before you turn 20 but, but it's the desire to want to learn it like people even this year someone said to me i don't this girl actually from work she's like oh blah 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 we'll do this and it's like and you'll teach me how to surf like teach me how to surf and i was like there's no fucking way i'm teaching you how to surf because if you got to this age and you haven't taught yourself you don't want to fucking yeah. learn to surf you won't want to do it like the only way is to me to tow you into a wave and you to catch the froth and then you're hooked but like you're not i'm not teaching you how to surf you you need to want to it's do not it. happening like is it's it within you it's a classic nah, line not i'm gonna easy. learn how to surf this summer it's like no you're not you're not you learn like you're not. Le learn how to surf in winter that's if someone says that it's like fuck summer it learn how winter. to surf in winter so when you get to summer you can surf yeah it's like, and it gets easier, but it's like that endless thing. It's like, it's a, there are so many reasons. Like, why do you surf? It's like, it's that endless challenge that you never master. No matter how good you get, you never master it. There's always another level up yep. that you can choose. Like there's another shape you can see. There's another shape you can be inside of or a shape you can ride. Like it's, there's so much of it. And that's just like the actual act of mm. doing it. But then like the, the, the trips, like that I know you and I have gone on that are surfing based because like we've got that drive like we'll go, we went down remember um is it pea shooters down in Cockle Creek I have to in beat that Tassie. out but yeah there is a it's down there <laughs> that one <laughs> but you drive fucking miles drive south miles of Hobart and, and then walk fucking two hours to like through the bush that seems like rubbish and then all of a sudden you just like walk out of these gum trees and there's this bullshit wave like in front of you like it's crazy and that sort of stuff like we wouldn't have done that you know as much as bushwalkings I quite enjoy that as well but it's like those what spurs you to go on adventures and go to new places and go and see things and get out of the city or out of your normal routine like that's such a massive thing of why yep. like 
That's a real Tazzy thing, I think, the walking to surf. Bushwalking's fun, but bushwalking with a surfboard's not fun. But... No, but but bushwalking to a wave that's got no one around. Camping down at South East Cape. Did we do that? South Cape Rivulet, yeah, Lime Rock. That was pretty hectic, actually, that joint. (laughs) Yeah. Like, turn up and it's like six foot and the world's fastest running rip you've ever seen. There's a... yeah, that's oh, there's, there's so much. That's to what's it. yeah. Anyway, that's what I like I about. It. Like, I don't even really like surfing, but I like everything around it. It's the adventure, the 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 being in the ocean. Like, I probably get just as much out of body surfing these days as I get out of surfing. But like, it's like you say, it's the endless learnings. You're trying to get better. You take two steps forward, one step back, and I think I'm getting better all the time. But who knows? It's also the the last point on that I reckon is like why people actually like the beach. People, I don't think people realise this, but everybody loves the beach, and they go and sit on the beach and stare into the ocean. And it's sandy, and sometimes it's a bit cold, or you get too hot and sunburnt. But people froth it, and I think that the act of looking into the horizon that has no stimulus apart from an ocean, like it's simple, it's predictable, it's just there and it's so calming and yep. people think that they like the beach because it's sunny and it's nice and they can go and sit down there but you can go to a park or anywhere you are in town there's there's shit going on there's stimulus like and you've got to take it in and your body you're computing it and a lot of the times when you go and surfing and even if you're having a shit surf you feel so much better because you've sat there and stared at this horizon line and hoping that waves come out of it or even if they don't like your mind just disappears and switches off and has like a moment to relax and you know if you're sitting around now like you know you've got the impulse to pick up your phone and check that message and those sorts of things you don't get that impulse when you're in the ocean like i never think oh fuck i've got to paddle in i've got to go and check my phone it's never there like the that ability to wind down is just Yep. Yeah, so massively underrated. Yeah, definitely. It's hard. You can't really put your finger on what it is. The I get that. Like uh, we talk about remarkable caves. As you drive up over the hill and you capture a glimpse of Cape Cape Rowell or whatever it is, and it's that's it's just that fucking you know end of the earth, end of the horizon, pinnacles yeah, like just, of dolerite rock, just just <sighs> raw shit. It. But even just walking down to Coogee tonight to you know the beach has reopened all completely they got rid of the scaffolding just go down i went down this morning watched sunrise couldn't surf because my back's rooted but um (laughs) just went down had a look (laughs) i was like oh they're swell it'll be good somewhere i can't go but um didn't you not pop a few pills mate get on the drugs and go and get it done i worked on it that's my plan for tomorrow i worked on it really hard yesterday did all these stretches and rolls and i've got it almost better so i was like if i can just hold off for a day i think I'll, it'll be worth it but i might go tomorrow i had after probably from whiplash from falling out of the lip a few times and this other joint south beach bet that out that we went and surfed with all the local pros down here and i just got a fucking right flogging in it my neck was killing me and um tuesday night i just had a little um little relaxer breathed in a little relaxer on the balcony and whacked on a bit of Bojack Horseman and it was the episode <laughs> I don't know have you watched I Bojack? I have I've have watched all of it. it yep it's 
man, I've just got into it, I've just discovered it, but it was the episode where he, um, it's all underwater. He goes to oh, underwater yeah, that's world a weird one. and he's not pleased about it. And, and so I'm sitting there quite relaxed on my on bed uh, watching Bojack Horseman and then that entire episode, he doesn't say a thing because he's in this underwater, in underwater world with the helmet on and, and spoiler alert, he um, gets to the end of the episode and realizes a button on it that he can talk underwater and pushes <laughs> it. But he goes through this entire episode without talking to anyone and it was just... Exactly what was I wanted. Was it real? All Why was he underwater? Was it a legitimate under? Because he had to. He had a, a performance. He had to go to underwater world, so he got in this like submarine and went yeah, down, right. and then they get the helmet. I, that was one I didn't pay to, attention oh, it was to. A, probably. Yeah, you weren't in the right frame of mind. No, I was in the I best need, frame of mind to, to absorb alt- it all. <laughs> change your mind frame somehow. It's good. It's good for back yeah. injuries too to change your frame of mind. Made me feel better. Yep. It was much. Hey, what are you taking off the wood this uh, fine Saturday evening? Um, that's a good point. I've got the everybody's favourite, the the uh, Emu Export, the red cans. I'm back to what I know. Yeah. I think they're fucking delicious. I, I just wound it up with a little um, uh, fortified wine, a port, actually a local one, uh, the Velvet Slipper. It's a Sounds uh, it's, a, it's a yeah red just some local sensual. bird down here making them. It's good. Good. Yeah, it was. You sent me a link um, that says about, I can get you? an emu export in Sydney. Um, I think it was on the northern beaches up up near Newcastle somewhere. So probably not going to drive up there for a box of red cans, but um, maybe I will. Well, are maybe you not? I will. Maybe you will. <laughs> <laughs> I just drank a slab of um over the last two weeks of beer farm. IPA, that's all gone now. And then I had a just a I've just had a Jamison, which was just a nip left in the bottle. And then I had a gin and tonic, which was just a nip left in the bottle. I've got no alcohol left in the house, so I've been um, on the mushrooms basically. On the um, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, no, not the, not on the um, tinctures. So. Oh, the life yeah. cycle mushrooms, not, not to, the not the psychedelics. Not the psychedelics, although it is the season. Um, yeah, not to like spruik these guys too hard. We did get them on, but I I got the reishi and the lion's mane. Now I reckon the reishi I can notice. I have it at night, and I get real mellow, and I want to go to bed. And I think it actually <laughs> like actually works as a as a real it's chiller good. outer. The lion's mane, can't tell yet. I've been using it every day this week and I've been productive, but sometimes I'm productive and sometimes I'm not. So I need to use it week in, week out and see if I can keep up a high level of productivity and focus and whatnot. But yeah, definitely a fan what of What I gathered from the, lion, from the lion's mane was that it's like it helps to regrow neuron or pathways in your brain as the, the mice are growing mm. back you know, being able to use their leg, that sort of stuff. So it's kind of one of those things that you just should be consuming like often throughout your entire life to yeah. like keep you well, that's- rejuvenated. But the reishi is like a, yeah, like you said, it just chills you out. I've been on that. I've got the reishi lion's mane and the cordyceps, which is the one for exercise. So I'm like mornings for work on the, on the lion's mane, mornings for surf on the uh, cordyceps and it's and I'm, I'm just bang it straight in the mouth straight in the mouse as uh, I've been taking it in as in Creed tea. said so just make a lemon oh, yeah. ginger tea and 
yeah, on the lines, mate, every every day. But um, hey, growing um, a growing got a grow box of like oyster mushrooms, and they're actually growing. Like, oh yeah, took took a I wasn't I wasn't certain they were going to grow, but it's taken um. Oh, probably like seven, ten days or something, but they're they're just like starting to little sprout. Can you, if they, they grow and you there. harvest them, will they grow again, or is it a one-off? No, they grow again. So I've I've gone a bit um, because I've had one of these bags before, and you normally cut like a window on the front, but I was like went full noise and I cut a window like an X on the front, and I cut two slits on the sides as well, and they're growing out the front, out the sides, out the slits, mate. They're fucking growing. Out the slits, they're growing everywhere. <laughs> so they're only just just small at the moment. Sweet. But um, yeah, I'm pumped about that. And I was thinking, like, I wonder if you could do that with psychedelics. Like, you could get uh, spores and make yeah, like definitely. grow packs with them. I think because, like, why? I don't see why you couldn't. You that'd need be the cool right thing, wouldn't it? Like the right um, humidity and temperature and stuff. Because like, it's pretty specific yeah. um, conditions to get, and there's different types of psychedelics out there. You know, not that I know what I'm talking about, obviously, but like the ones in southern Australia, you need a frost, basically. You need moisture. You need it to be cold. But then there's ones that grow up in like Noosa and stuff that needs to be warm. So you just need the right conditions. The right spores. I remember um, the doctors, uh, the turgid times, doctors Ollie and Matt that we had on the show, were saying they had this place and they had like a a log, this dead, dead tree um falling over and where i was saying that you, you'd go and drill holes all in it and then like put spores in all the holes yep. so this whole log is just like with drill holes and mushy's just growing out of these holes in the log like that's that's pretty epic little garden set up if you've got the right conditions yep. it's mushy season right now like just to get out and um what are the real tasty ones that people want to get the um the red ones anyway I don't know. Uh, my mushroom knowledge, I don't condone picking them in the wild. I do. Go with somebody that yeah, knows. Yeah, but like if picking. you know what you're picking and you yeah. can pick some delicious ones and make yourself a little stir fry when you get home, that's kind of cool, I reckon. Yeah, if you wake up the next day, it's even better. Yeah, it's dangerous. like fishing, eating blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a blowfish doesn't look like a snapper or a flat. I think... That's I think once difference. you uh, once you know what you're looking for with mushrooms, it's pretty easy to know what you're looking for. Like it, you just need it's someone shapes, to teach you. Right? It's all about the shapes, and uh, yeah. So there's 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 ones that you definitely shouldn't eat. I think anything red, do not eat. <laughs> Any with anything <laughs> red or orange tinge to it, <laughs> avoid. Once it comes in a can and says anything, yeah, on they're the front. okay. No, but that's different. <laughs> no. Hey, um, I was um, I always when I'm walking down the beach, I always looking for treasure. Right, I don't know why. I just got got it in me like one day. I'm going to find a dirty. I had part. I'm a pirate, but I'm going to find a gold nugget. Just whenever I like pull over for a piss on the highway or like on you know when driving proper bush, always have a little wander into the dirt, kick around. Like I just got this feeling like one day I'm going to strike it lucky. I was thinking about like, um messages in a bottle you're saying like that that's like when does a message in a bottle become litter and not a message in a bottle or like it's going to convert because if i just throw a bottle into the surf today that's is it that's me throwing rubbish is that a plastic bottle or is that a glass bottle 
Because if it's a glass bottle, oh, yeah. you're just throwing it back to its home. And I don't think that's littering. Throwing the sand back. And the, well, there's paper and inside And paper's it, wood. And, you know, so it's I don't dangerous. think a, mess, a paper message <laughs> in a glass bottle is not littering. Not littering. It's just going. Okay. Plastic different. Because I think if you want it to go the distance, you want to throw it in a glass bottle. Definitely. Like you don't want to be in... Because the plastics, I mean, they last a long time, but I don't think it's got what you want. Plastic won't last that long. The thing about plastic in the ocean, no one wants it there, but it actually breaks down way quicker because it, it sits on the surface and it gets <laughs> hammered by UV and then it floats down to the bottom where the fish eat it. But it actually get, it's a way quicker way to get rid of plastic is to throw it in the ocean. But there, there was this um, okay, rocky shoreline near where my parents got a shack at White Beach, um, so halfway out to Kelpies, there's like a and where all the shit just washes up. And when we were kids, we'd walk out there and you'd just walk along and find all this shit. And we'd find messages in a bottle. And you're like, oh, we found a message in a bottle. And you'd read it. Really? It was like some someone had thrown it in at the beach, like a couple of months earlier. It was never anything cool, but people were doing messages in bottles. I want to do that. I've, I want to do a message in a bottle. I want to. I want to be that guy that throws it in. Because so the the oldest message in a bottle ever in the world was found at wedge wedge beach or north yep. of wedge only like uh, last year i think or, or recently 132 years came off a german ship and it's all verified like the date and the person that was on the boat and whatever like 132 years and 108 years before that was what did like they the, say the longest but uh hey oh, contact the german consulate or some shit if you if you find this i'm pretty bored i'm on a boat yeah okay <laughs> Paula that was from um, a bloke or a chick I'm not too sure but like I was, I'm keen I want to do I want to get messages out there and I looked this <laughs> so I was just earlier because I was like I wonder what the oldest one knowing that wedge one and um, on the article that I read there's a picture of this Canadian dude who's like obese in this torn shirt looks a bit like a fisherman and he's throwing a bottle into the surf and the caption under it says um, fuck what was it oh uh, Harold Hackett was like Harold Hackett has thrown 4,800 bottles into the ocean over the last several years <laughs> fuck I want to be somewhere between Paula 132 years ago and Harold Hackett I'm going to put a message in this in this um, fortified wine bottle toss it in the ocean I think who yeah, in, in like a like a pirate rum bottle but the thing is like it's it's going to be hit and miss because who's going to find the bottle? Like, because I'm thinking it's a love letter, right? You're trying to find the one. I know you're out there looking for the one constantly, <laughs> and now you're resorting to messages in a bottle. But the chances are, it's going to be someone like you or Harold Hackett that finds this bottle, and if they find it 130 years time, it's not that much use. It's got me thinking about littering though. So I think throwing glass on the beach, obviously fine. <laughs> obviously, especially if it's broken into shards, yeah. obviously fine. So yeah. throwing cans on. on the ground, obviously fine. Aluminium comes obviously. from the earth. They'll, they'll rust away. What's yeah. your no, take right. on yeah. banana skins and orange peel? Just throw it wherever you like. Oh, rules! <laughs> what was that of? Billy Madison? Yeah. Oh, Doyle rules. I think it was Billy Madison. He was throwing the bananas skins out. Um, I'm all for tossing food scraps back into the environment. 
get it done. Would you throw a um, banana skin out the window of your car on the highway? Yes. Would you throw an orange juice bottle out the window of your car on the highway? <laughs> no. No. No, not no, the, neither right. Not the bottle. Uh, but you're right, even on the bush tracks, like the glass glass bottles that are broken don't look that bad, do they? Like, I mean, once they've smashed up and weathered a little bit... They smooth off but really quickly, yeah. Shit, it looks like... Yeah. But I don't think you'd be... The, What's the line? Uh, I don't know, because I was reading this thing about... Like, in the wilderness, it apparently takes fucking ages for banana skins and orange skins to break down. But, like, who cares? That's yeah, right. if it takes a thousand fucking, years, they're not really matter. doing any damage. But anyway. nah. what about um, paddle pop stick? That's the that's they're the one. Fine. Chuck them anywhere. Boom, straight. You don't want to put that in landfill. Get it out straight back into the woods. Some cricket will make a house out yep. of it. You'll like collect them, stack them up. With what about PVA glue? leftover bread? Because <laughs> apparently it gives kangaroos and stuff lumpy jaw. So if you haven't finished your sandwich. <laughs> And you got the crust left. You just throw it, and then the possum eats it. He gets lumpy jaw and dies. I think they're gluten intolerant um, or something. Um, yeah, we probably shouldn't be throwing bread out. I'd never thought about that. Um, I'll think twice, but I don't eat too much bread these days, so I'm not fine with me that. Either. I've actually been vego for the last two weeks, and not vego. I've been eating fish, whatever you call that. I've been that Pesca- pescatarian. Yeah, mercury. Mercury Harbour. Oh, no, not eating heaps yeah. of fish. As as just eating. eating veggie mainly and then having some a little bit of fish. It's been good. feel all right. But I've also got heaps of steaks in the freezer. So I was like, I'm going to have to eat them. <laughs> I've, I, um, I've been thinking, feeling like that, I need, I'm real due for a challenge. Yeah. Like of that. Whether it's going veggie or like... Um, I watched a doc, a bit misleading, is on YouTube. It's called 300 Days Alone. Um, or this Swedish bloke. He doesn't look Swedish. He's got like black beard and stuff. He goes to some island in the Pacific, uh, some volcanic island. It's like 300 days alone. And then like two months in, he cuts his finger and pulls out the satellite phone. And then like, and he's feeling a bit bored. And then his mate turns up, who turns out his mate's on the other side of the island, some farmer. And then he goes and hangs out with them and then someone gives him a dog and then some tourists turn up. So it wasn't quite... A, it was a bit misleading, yeah. but it, got, it did get me excited, like this whole doing something like that, like just disappearing for a few months on end, like to find the limits again or or even like that 10-day um, fast yep. or like a, a week fast or something like uh, that. One that I've heard Sick. about recently is Aubrey Marcus and he was this, yeah, he was the CEO of Onnit who do like Alpha Brain, Joe Rogan's thing. He's a bit of a tripper. Oh, He's yeah, actually yeah, the guy I was yeah. listening to this morning about um, ayahuasca ceremonies. But he went and did <laughs> yeah. a, I think it was three days in darkness. So you basically go into a room where you've got food, water, bed, and you're in the literal pitch black for three days. He said it was, yeah. There's a po- yeah. He's done a podcast on it. Well, I haven't listened to the whole podcast. I need to listen to it because that would be weird, I reckon. I reckon shit would get real. Like pitch black. Pitch black. You know, like when things are proper black and you then you start to, your brain doesn't have that stimulus. So you start pr- yeah. projecting things there and seeing things and get, there's um experiment I was fascinated through with school where they put these goggles on people and the goggles basically flipped what they were seeing. Yeah. So they turned it upside down and then 
after, and it might have only been 12 or 24 hours, but the people wearing the goggles, their brain began to interpret the messages and flipped it yep. over. So then they could see perfectly through these goggles. And that was all fine and they're rolling around, but then all of a sudden they take the goggles off and boom, their world's upside down again. It takes another 24 hours for them to, yeah, fuck. their That's brains to flip scary. it. Like, fuck, what are we seeing? Is it reality sort of thing? I think that, yeah, that, that sort of testing times of like, I don't know, I'm real due for something like that. Do you reckon you could do a seven day fast? Like water? obviously, and maybe like some electrolytes, you know, salts. Yeah, I remember and reading uh, one that Kelly that Slater like does. He's like drinks um, like a certain drink. I think it's got apple cider vinegar or some yeah. shit. So you get a little bit of sugar or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, apparently you, apparently you feel real did, good afterwards. Did. Like your eyesight improves and uh, all this. Sort of, but um, I think he did that. Um, He talked about it on Rogan. It was a 10-day fast. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 10-day fast and you eat this and this. But I, I did it in seven days because it's Kelly Slater. <laughs> that was, it was... Yeah, I got them all done, all 10 days. <laughs> Kelly Slater's a massive narcissist, I think. Like, I didn't really enjoy his Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, but that was because Joe was... Joe, Joe, had, Joe no had no idea. He's like, wow, Kawabunga, dude. any research. So you're in this gnarly wave. Like, he had no nah. idea. That's the worst Slater interview, I reckon, of all time. I, the thing is, just for like something like that, I'd do for health benefits but I, I i worry what it would do to my week like i've got to go to work and stuff and i'm not taking a week off just to do a fast if i'm taking a week off i'm going to do something with that week and i kind of rather do a challenge around what am i doing with that week off is it you know climbing a mountain or doing a trek or some shit but we should we could come up with something i reckon i like that i'd love to do like that 100ks in a in a weekend or something 100ks like, yeah, just like but see if you can walk 100Ks in 48 hours over the weekend somewhere to somewhere. Because when, when I got back from cycle to like that big big trek Perth to Melbourne, I was like, what can I do? It's like, how far can I go without carrying shit? I had this idea to ride to Carnarvon, which is 900Ks, 1,000Ks. I was like, could I do that in 48 hours? Like just go, like find the limits and then busted my shoulder and mm. you know lost all my cycling fitness and got fat no good but what i think there's yeah, some good know, um, real itching you've got the challenge. great dividing range here on the east coast and there's some some pretty cool traverses that you could do if you've got a lot of time like there's one i think i've shared the guy with you mark oates is a guy on um on youtube and instagram but he went from like from the southern end to the northern end so started at near mount buller and finished in canberra and just in the middle of winter, traverse the whole dividing range, like up over Mount Hotham, Falls Creek, Bogong, Kosciuszko, and then, and it's sick. Like, and he, he filmed yeah. it. So each day there's a little YouTube um, episode. But um, something like that is what I could get around. That'd be cool. So much more doable in Australia as well, like where you shit gets real crazy weather, you just drop altitude. Yeah, you can get down quick. Like, and get off ridges, like get down, you only have to drop 500 metres and you're out of snow line. Not like, like the guys and, that tried to cross the, have you heard about the guys that tried to cross the Antarctic Peninsula? Like no one's ever done that. And um, if nah. anyway, fell into a crevasse, um, it all went 
Oh, was this on yeah, Extremes on podcast? The Extremes podcast. Oh, so, yeah. well, we talked about it. the guy falls in a crevasse, breaks his yeah. pelvis, and the guy's That's got to. Fucked. Yeah, it doesn't go so well. Well, all right, well, we've got to get out of here now. <laughs> I was talking to a, uh, you're I met have a, to tell me. some doctor from Tassie who was really keen to do it. He's some adventurer. He'd done some crazy kayaking, hiking adventures in Antarctica, and he's like, he wants to cross that. And I was like, ah, oh, no one's ever done that. It sounds dangerous, but um. Like, there's something. There you go. If you want to do something. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of prep and time in a that sort of thing. I think I'm up for something a bit more easily packaged, I reckon, um, than that. Yeah. Well, think about it. Of think of a challenge. I reckon... Oh, I'm, I'm going to put that down. This When I get back to P-Town, this... Come up with something. I'm going to need a challenge. I'll I do a cleanse. Hey, I was thinking, Not seven you know, days, though. Fuck that. That's okay. too long. Three days. Three days, no eating. We'll, we'll, we'll riff this out. We'll do something. We'll do something. A bit different, yeah. a bit weird. Document it because we can. Hey, um, the other thing, I don't know if we talked about this before, but like the the live holiday app, the live holiday invention, where it's like I go on a holiday <laughs> for you. <laughs> uh, uh, it rings a bell. Like a, so what, you wear like a body cam? Yeah, it's like you're too much of a pussy to go ski Hotham. So I'll, go and I'll do it. ski it for you and you just tell me which run you want me to do yeah. at the time. So I can be live and, you know, or we can do a pay-per-view. You can be like, oh, I would love to go and ski Hotham. So later you can pay-per-view and subscribe to my holiday. But if you're the big, big putting up the cash for it, you know, you pay the couple of grand and subsidize it. And, you know, well, maybe it's 50-50 and I just go and ski the runs you want me to. Go, go down that shoot. Yeah, go down there. Right. It'd get a bit sadistic though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like, what do you, at the pub, hit on that person? Yeah, yeah. But, um... Like, vicarious I think you need... Just the vicarious app. Like, full-blown, immersive 3D computer stuff where you can just... Some, like, Westworld shit. And then you can just go on your holidays and not have to worry about getting hurt. Yeah, and you, like, tracking around like you do on Google, uh... Google Maps, you might do Street View or something. Go and check the place out. But you're doing this live. Yep. That's what someone's doing for the day. I reckon that'd be cool. Okay. People would tap into that. I don't think they? going sure. skiing at Mount Hotham is the one, though. <laughs> Maybe like climbing Mount Everest or something. That'd be cool. Something a bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. next level. A bit more yeah. extreme. Okay. Well, it depends. I'll think about it. It's just an idea. What's it, like when's a holiday is a thing of the past? COVID's, here's my theory on, like, anyone that still watches television, and I'm not talking about Netflix and stuff like that, anyone that watches television, like, do you watch television? Um, I watched the Lego show a, a couple of times, the the brick brick one. The I've heard about challenge it. With, um, Haven't seen it. Yeah, with uh, Hamish Blake from Hamish and My Andy. boss was, like, saying... I watched a couple of them. I was like, I enjoyed them. down here could you everyone's forgotten about coronavirus it's forgotten like no disrespect to whatever is going on in other countries but down in Coogee no one gives a fuck anymore so it'd be interesting to see how that pans out and he's like oh he lives up in the hills he's like uh, people are still wearing masks everywhere to the shopping center I was like yep you know why because they watch television and no one down here watches television and there that's it it's like people who watch the news are freaking the fuck out people that don't yeah. and spend all their days watching Netflix 
There's no news on Netflix. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. There's a level of ignorance around that, though. There's, like, ignorant bliss, which is you people living in Coogee. And I see a bit of that, but, like, we have a bit of due diligence to keep up with the news and as to what's going on. Like, I saw just in Marg's <laughs> a couple, this old couple, and he clearly didn't give a fuck. But she's got a mask and rubber gloves on kicking around the supermarket. Yep. And I was like, think about this logically. He's going to get it. You're going to go home, take your mask and gloves off, yeah, and you're going to get it. If you can't convince your husband just, to wear the just, shit as well, there's no point wearing it. It's ridiculous, stupid. And, and there's no cases like old mate in the surf car park. Oh, 90 people have died. You know, the average age of people that are dying from coronavirus is older than the average age that people die. In a, is that in Australia or just in everywhere? Globally. That's yeah, globally. That, oh, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but then I also listen to like Michael Yo talk about getting it on the Joe Rogan podcast and he's young and fit and it nearly killed him, but it didn't kill him, I guess. So. Yeah. But did you die? Did you die? But did you die? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, that's the other thing that... I really like, um, oh, what's the, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's like the food lady. I just, just downloaded it. I haven't listened, listened to, to it episode, yet either, yeah. other than the bit about vitamin D and coronavirus deaths. It's basically, you need vitamin D. That's what I took out of it. An isolation. Isolation. No D. No D. <laughs> so get outside, get your shirt off Tommy G style and cop those rays because it's, it's what you need. But she's good. I like I like listening to her. Yeah, I'll have to wind that one up. Mm. I'm keen for it. Um, have you got any bar snacks? I had this weird thing that I read. I was interested to get your uh, <laughs> get your take on it. Let me just try and find it here. Ah, uh, come on. So it was a news article. Right, so here's what happened. I can't find the news article, but I can tell you what happened. So you, I just you're still you're still reading the news though. You um, you're not one of these oh, ignorant. I didn't really read it much. Ignorant this week, <laughs> and then I went to the local cafe and people were sitting down eating. I was like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, I need to catch. Like I actually, I was reading it religiously every morning, but then this week, maybe it's something about the mushrooms. You know, I've just stopped reading the news. You know, you've, you're osmosisly mm. absorbing the news. You don't need to know anymore. You're of a higher knowing than the ABC. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think you, it's better <laughs> not to read. But anyway, I had been reading it and I read this one on news.com.au, which is pretty much the worst place you can get your news from what I can tell. Like there's no <laughs> every yep. single story doesn't tell you what the story is. It's like a question, an open-ended question. To get you to click on it. That doesn't actually tell you what this is. Ah, can you believe this? Anyway, so this woman was in a car park and she was putting groceries in her car. She turns around, a car next to her reverses out and reverses over a guy and the guy gets stuck under the car. She goes to help him, thinks he's dead. The guy comes out and turns out to be okay. Anyway... Fast forward a couple of years, she sues the driver of the car and wins $160,000 in damages because of the psychological damage she took seeing him run over this other guy. 
She was a passenger. She was just a bystander. She just saw it happen. She was was just standing there and she saw it happen. And apparently in the article it said she got lost on her way home. (laughs) She had to call her husband to come get her. And then she had all these problems because she saw this poor bastard get run over in the car park. And then she was awarded $160,000 a couple of years later from the the driver. Who paid that? The dri- surely his insurance company paid that. That's like it comes I don't know, his, man. But um, yeah, what, like <laughs> public liability or well, indemnity I'm just insurance. Thinking, like he's definitely not paying. What it. have that's, you witnessed that that you think you should maybe get some get you know deserve a little bit of cash from <laughs> something that's really. It's probably about time you called up um, your mate from primary school and just checked in. It's like seeing those broken wrists is all a bit too much for you. Well, fucking yeah, it was. I was nine years old. It was pretty traumatizing. Broke both his arms in front of us. You owe me a hundred k, Dean. You dickhead. Does that does that extend to your parents? Because you see a bit much of your parents. Like, I mean, don't mean physically, but I'm- my friend. Jessie, probably even then, a bit too late. (laughs) She's uh, was back at her parents' place in Wangaratta. This is recently. She's an adult. Walks out to the swimming pool. Caught her parents banging next to the swimming pool in Wangaratta. Oh, (laughs) they're in their like sixties. So who? There you go. That's that's not worth one hundred and sixty k. I don't know what is. Absolutely. That. Oh fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Like we. Look, um, I think that that's just a sign that we're all a bit too soft these days because you can't handle seeing a little bit of trauma, a little bit of old mate's squash leg, mm. then you're not really cut out for real life and reality, are you? Because you think even back in, go back 200 years, like the people would die of the fucking leprosy everywhere and all sorts yep. of shit. Like people were a tougher race. Like you needed to... You're seeing fucked up uh, shit. More often. You fucked up. Even 1800s, like Melbourne, you had bedpans. We didn't have a toilet or a sewer system. You had, you would shit in a bowl collectively as a household and then you, the bowl <laughs> Everyone had their own bowl. be there and, and then collected. Oh, no, no. It was underneath the, the toileted, designated toilet area. And then the, the, be, the pan guy, I don't know, the poo collector yeah. would roll around in his truck or his horse and cart and collect everyone's pants. <laughs> like... It was a uh, fuck me. Imagine going back to the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory scenario. The whole family in one bed, (laughs) just shitting in the one pan. You got your four grandparents and fucking Charlie. Yeah, they just passed. Charlie's just collecting turds from Nana and and Nana Nana and. Well, that takes me back. (laughs) Grandma Josephine, Grandpa (laughs) Josephine. (laughs) I can't think of the stand-up comedian who just called out that Grandpa Joe, who jumps out, hadn't walked in like you know, years, jumps out of bed to go to the chocolate factory of Charlie. But the other grandpa's in the bed too. And he didn't even get a fucking line in the movie. So why is Grandpa Joe the one that gets to go, like, what's the other grandpa done wrong? He was motivated. What's he been doing in that bed for (laughs) so long? That's a fucked up (laughs) preface for a movie, isn't it? Like, the movie, Willie Wonka and the Chuck Faggy, fantastic. I watch that thing on repeat every school holidays. But the preface of it, like, what the fuck are Nana and Pa and Nana and Pa doing in the one bed? Like, Well, it's poverty, you know. It's extreme poverty. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, get up and chop (laughs) some wood. (laughs) 
keep it lubricated, mate. The next time they go for a surf, very sore. They're going to have sore backs oh, and all, mate. all sorts of stuff. Mate, seized keep doing up. things. Don't stop doing things. I'm actually... Yeah, imagine if Charlie gets home and it's just like a grandparent orgy going on. Like He'd be up for a couple of hundred grand. Better than winning winning uh, Wonka's factory, yeah. mate. He'd be straight down the court, wouldn't he? Ace, I'm suing. But I, we've I've all seen, seen some seen shit that we deserve to get paid out for if this lady saw that. And look, fair enough, it's pretty traumatizing, but come on. I saw, I saw an eagle get run over by the car in front of me and it squashed the bottom half of its body into the road and the top half of its body was still like squawking and trying to move its wings and that was traumatizing but does that driver owe me money what did what what did you do did you run its head <laughs> I over remember what i did i think i ran it over <laughs> i don't want to talk about it <laughs> i just i can still see it going, Oh, yeah. Um, I was up in Cape York with Brad and um, this other mate of his, Tomo. So there's three of us up in the front on the bench seat of the 60 series. And it was just fucked this day. Like, we had, we'd hit hardly anything driving around Australia. And we just hit these little, like, what you call paddy melons, but small wallabies. Yep. Just like, we're only doing like 60 hours. We just kept fucking hitting. They're coming out of the bush. <laughs> boom. Nail one. <laughs> Get out of the car. Fucking drag it off the road. It's like, this one's dead. This one's a half dead. Boom. I had the tomahawk. I just, you know, bang, one chop, chop its head off. I'm like, fuck it, that's dead. Next. And then Tomo was like into his martial arts and stuff. He's like, I've got the next one. I'm keen. I've got the next one. Let me get the next one. We're cruising up. And I'm like, we won't hit another one. We've hit, fuck all, like this whole trip. Boom, hit another one. And he's like, all right. And he gets out and he's got this fucking wallaby. He's got its head sitting across a little log and he's like, got the tomahawk and he's real timid and he's like kind of looks away as he has and he's like completely misses this fucking thing just hits the ground next to it and this wallaby's just still looking straight at him like as if to say fucking hurry up and finish it off and poor tomo like same thing and he's like gives it this like little tap and it, it doesn't even break the skin with the tomahawk this wallaby's shaking around again he's like i can't do it i can't do it man it's looking at me i was like just fucking kill it tomo it was anyhow, it was atrocious. So I chopped the head off and then fucking we get back in the car and hit a third one. It was hectic. But look, no one likes to be talking about killing animals. But that was traumatic for Tomo. You know, he couldn't it couldn't get through. Well that's it. And maybe you guys owe him a bit of cash. And also, is this the same trip where you guys were shooting emus as well? Can we talk about maybe we should stop talking about this trip? You guys are torturing animals around Australia. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was the same trip but that was about 12 months before maybe 18 months earlier beginning of the trip brad was hard uh yeah hardened criminal animal torturer by then no we don't torture animals we're putting them out of their misery that's right it's not no one's torturing animals um is it well, should we think about winding this up then it's been an enjoyable conversation i've got to say I've enjoyed it. The, f- the froth is real. Did you have another another froth going on? Oh, uh, my actual froth, um, and we we probably don't have to talk about it too deeply. But it's been the um, the Netflix series about the Chicago Bulls from the nineties, The Last Dance. Two episodes coming out yes, every Monday. I've been watching it. It's um like it's from the era where I was basketball mad. 
and everyone loved Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, it's just, it's fucking sick. Like, I've just been getting excited. It's good, so much good footage, and you see like what an absolute superstar he is. But the the thing that f- freaks me out is his eyes are so fucking yellow. Like he looks yeah. horrendously unhealthy. I don't know if it's the cigars. I'm putting it down to the cigars. Oh, he it would be liver it. damage, wouldn't it? Like cute. yellow eyes means jaundice. I reckon he's got yeah, something wrong not, with his he liver. He doesn't look healthy. He's a billionaire, uh, I think, now. Definitely. What's he making his coin off? Like, is he still selling Air Jordans? Are Nike still paying him? How, how's he... Oh, I just reckon he made so much off the Air Jordans, and he's probably... um Money makes money. Yeah, money makes money. I met a guy, actually, he's a friend of a friend in Hobart that was working on a ship as a chef, and... um. Yeah, some dude came out to ask him what was for dinner, and it was Jordan. It turns out it was Jordan's boat that he that he's working on. He's pretty excited about that. <laughs> it's my boat. It's my boat. Yeah, no, but it, that's sick, and I get excited Monday nights. Two two left to go. It's just really good doco. Like, I've been. I don't know where I'm at in the series, but I've been watching them pretty flat out yeah. as well, and like loving all the. Loving, like, the, I suppose, getting the behind the scenes in the locker room, like, seeing how much of a lad he is. But I still can't get past thinking about, like, how things would be different if we had an under six foot league. Because these guys just, like, putting the fucking tiny ball in the hoop, like, his head's at the same level as the hoop. Imagine if the thing was just wound down to my level, you know? Imagine it was that easy. It's like playing against, I know you're not playing against kids, but it's fucking easy. Like, boom, what a- put in the hoop. So we've been through this in another episode. That was with um, Callum, uh, Callum Binney. Was, no, it was Dr. Booney. Was it? I Dr. Think. Booney. Yeah, I think it was uh, Dr. Booney. Who two classic big, episodes. Big American I recommend fan. going back to either of them. But um, uh, I got shut down pretty quickly, yeah, so I, I, it doesn't matter. I even, but I, I just do being really like angry at the time and shutting you down sport. about it. But now I'm kind of, yeah, you know, he might have a good point. <laughs> Oh, here's the travesty. <laughs> Doctor Bernie was trying to. Yeah, the travesty the of side. the whole yeah. documentary is that there was an Australian on the team the second time they won three, Luke Longley, and he gets zero airtime. West Australian. Is he West Australian? Yeah, because he? he's white. Because he's white. That's is he West Racism. Because he's white, man. <laughs> no, but it is like the only Larry Bird's the only one that gets a shout out. There's a few uh, white fellas on that team, and they don't get. Oh no! A lot of, um, Paxton top. gets a bit of airtime. Is it the Detroit Pistons that team like they come up against yep. that are the real aggro early Smashing and they're fun? They're, they're all white blokes on that team too. It's like a few teams that they play that are predominantly white teams. I find no, that kind of that a bit team. strange. Like I reckon there was some. I reckon there was a few teams in there that were particularly in the. Late eighties, nineties, in the early days, didn't have well, a the lot Celtics of diversity. Were pretty white. Yeah, like, mate, oh, are they green. Yeah, that's where Larry Bird plays. Yeah, is. Boston. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a bit. Of a but I think by the time you get to the yeah. the Jordan dominating years, it, and like, it's like who's the best at basketball? Yeah. There's there's one guy. I think it's Paxton, or Paxton. He gets a fair bit of airtime. But Luke Longley was shit house. I don't know. Fuck knows how he even got a game. To be honest, like of all the people they could have picked in America, <laughs> Luke Longley went and played for the Bulls for, and won three championships. Well done, well done, Luke. 
Um, good, <laughs> good job. Um, all right, are we going to wind this, um, wind the yeah, show we, up? We've we've done frothing. We've done the frothing. Um, we've done some bar snacks. We've done it all. Let's just wind it up. We need a tune. Have you got any tunes you want to play? Um, I've been frothing the doors lately, like old school tunes. Um, I don't know why. Like I've just been all about them. I can't get enough of the doors, and like Riders of the Storm always ends up in my head when I'm Should surfing. We play that. I think, you know, be cloudy. Riders of the Storm, like those songs from. The doors are sick, man. Like the, this the is day. about the only time I really agree with your like, taste. So talk, talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> the, like the st- the songs from that era, like they take you on a journey. Like you, you're not just. It's not just like chorus verse, chorus verse. It's all predictable. You know the words before you heard the end of the song. But like, it goes on a real um, adventure. And then it's like that, Riders um, of the Storm. Yeah, right. Well, let's do that do, one. Do. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what are we? Have we Life got anything on. exciting coming up? Are we gonna? I mean, to be honest, this is this is kind of where it's at for me. Is me and you just talking shit? But we will get guests on. We've had some good guests the last few I've three, got, few um, episodes. I know that we love to talk about shit that we're going to do and don't do Perfect. it. Perfect. Um, which is Speak awesome. To but me. something I have Speak been doing. My language. <laughs> something I. <laughs> I have been doing is um, the uh, the podcast, a book of short oh, stories yeah. or a yep. pod of short stories. So I've started recording a few of them with friends and listening to a few yarns. And it's a bit awkward, like just calling people and like, hey, can you just tell me that yarn? All right, thanks. See ya. Um, and one of them I got out of Noobs, who's in New Zealand at the moment. Um, he's a West Australian bloke, um, grew up a bit every country though, but he, he got abducted when he was in Papua New Guinea. And in 2012, this is, and it's fucking hectic and totally underrated as a yarn. Like he doesn't tell it. It's not something you go, oh yeah, this happened. Like you talk about something cool that happened or you, yeah, that time you saw some dude get run over (laughs) in a car park at Woolies. But he, it's pretty hectic. Anyway, I got on and it went, goes for about 40 minutes, his yarn, but, um, it's, it's pretty good. And I reckon it might need an episode of its own. So maybe we'll put that out individually outside yeah. of the pod of short stories. But the pod of short stories, I think it'd be cool. Maybe thing. we should just grab noobs on. for a quick uh, quick chat and then put the story on. Yeah, he's in New Zealand, so we can we can do that. I reckon that'd be cool. Have you listened to it? It's on I have not. It's on the um the it's on the I drive. Will, it's I will there. Listen. Give yourself uh, an opportunity. And I've got to collect but, one um, more story. Because you've collected three, have you or oh, two? You've got uh, oh, you've four. collected four. Oh, four. Well, I got to do my bit and collect the uh, the Daniel story. That one yeah, story, the waterfall <laughs> the story. story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of yarns. Sweet, on there, but it's um it's quite cool. And if you get the opportunity, listen to it with the video on because watching noobs describe things, <laughs> even though I didn't have my video on, it got real animated, showing you know <laughs> what was going on. It was pretty cool. It sounds fun. Um, it's good. Have anyway, you seen, um, that's what's going on. The up. Dawn Wall on Netflix. Yeah, where that guy gets yeah, you froth that real hard. Where he get they yeah. get um abducted in some country and he pushes him off oh, a cliff. Oh yeah, and they go cartoon. Yeah, that's a hectic story. I think you can watch that just yeah, on YouTube yeah. that bit because if you don't want to watch the whole movie about rock climbing, that story's fucked. Which is fucking retarded. Yeah. Like you want to watch that whole film though. That the guy is what's his. 
He's, oh, we're getting fucking sidetracked again. But he's got something. He's missing a finger. One of those mental, not. Is he missing? A, it's not Asperger's. What's he got? He's just Which a bit. Which guy? Um, lax. Uh, the uh, Alex. Alex. Is that his name? No, Alex um, Arnold. He's free solo. This is. Um, oh, free solo. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, Dawn Walls. The, the other bar. one. Yeah. yeah. So Get him mixed up. Two good climbing dockers. Yeah. And there's one called Maru as well. Right. There's three good ones. I'm not a... What's the, what's the Maru, other one? I it's not that. on... I don't know where you'd find it, but it's it's probably the best of them all, I reckon. Jimmy Chin movie. Maru. Yeah, Maru. M-E-R-U. It used to all be right. on Netflix, Maru. but it's not. You might need a VPN. Get onto the American Netflix or something. Grand. If people don't know, you're not moving to Dubai as well. That's something else that's not uh, happening. No, I think we touched on that, but obviously the world the world conspired against me. <laughs> it's just fine. Hanging hanging in Australia. Um sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's a better place. Anyway, we get to go on adventures. I wasn't looking forward to that. Um, even though we live on opposite sides of the country, I'm still frothing for some yep. adventures. So we'll Oh mate, the we'll, back end of this year. If you and I aren't adventuring, then we might as well not be friends. Simples. Let's <laughs> simples. On on that note, play the song nineteen sixty eight, um, the Doors Riders of the Storm. On top of the storm. Uh, riders on the storm. Like surfers, mate. It's gotta be about surfing, surely. Surely. Hooroo. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hooray, Hooray, mate. Thanks See you next much. time. Hooray. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out alone Riders on the storm There's a killer on the road his brain is squirming like a toad Take a long holiday Let your children play If you give this man a ride Sweet family will die Killer on the road Stand. The 
Riders on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown Like a dog without a bone And actor out alone Riders on the storm Thank you.